go. Three Night Bender back at it. I am Hauser. Joined with me as always is Boozos. What's good? And we are talking all things Orlando specifically. Specific, <laughs> specifically? Specifically? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Aren't you supposed to be a former teacher? Specifically. We're both sounds, former teachers. Yeah. Sounds better. Oh, that's okay. I can't speak English either. <laughs> anyway, talking uh, sports. We got some things we're going to talk about tonight. UCF football being the big one. Um, of course, we're going to discuss other things going on in the AAC as well as men's basketball for UCF. We've got some uh, Orlando Magics things we'll discuss. It, um, you know, want to mention the uh, women's tennis team out at UCF. And we've got our little specials that we do, uh, Men About Town. We're going to focus on a business and uh, also our UCF Twitter Mafia news. So we've got a, a big show for you guys today. But before we start, as always, we always like to introduce the beer we'll be drinking. But... Today's show is a little special. We're doing it in the morning, so I think we're going to skip out on the beers. Um, I've got, you know, one of those sideways cold brew coffees here, and and I have one of those like a uh, Starbucks uh, latte packs that you can get from freaking Ross for like a twelve pack for four dollars that we got a couple years ago. Actually, I don't even know if it's like good to drink, but that's what I'm drinking. As much as we like our alcohol here on Three Night Bender, we're not alcoholics, so we're going to try to not drink here at ten in the morning. Well, I got a can, so I'm going to crack that like we always do. Yeah, cheers, sir. To a right. Good morning. We will have a special beer for next show because my wife and I are going to New York next week, and we'll be bringing back some good beers from a couple breweries that we visit up there. So going to make sure that we have uh, some good beers to talk about for the next couple of shows. Good. It'll make be sure fun. it has good artwork. That's what I'm always into. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. I, I got you. I know what you, I know what you like. <laughs> I know what you look for. Well, UCF football news is slowing down a little bit as we are in the offseason. Um, we did talk a little bit last week about our new coach i think it was alex golsh golish i think golish i'm still not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce pronounce that name so i'm just going to keep saying it until someone calls me out and they're like that's not how you say it so you keep calling him golsh and i'll call him golish and we'll figure out which way it is hopefully one of us is right yeah exactly um and he again he's going to be the uh the offensive coordinator but we're learning some new things we actually had some position changes with some other coaches. Yeah, some role changes. So um, the running backs coach, who I believe his name is Anthony Tucker, um, he was promoted to be co-offensive coordinator with Alex. So they're going to both be the offensive coordinator. You know, some people might question, but like, well, you know, Hypel is already calling the play. So what's the purpose of having two offensive coordinators like that? Usually when that happens is because you're designating them to be certain coordinators of the aspect of the offense. So I would imagine that Golish will probably end up being the passing game coordinator with Tucker being the run game coordinator. And all that means is that they're splitting the duties. So when they're going to do film study, we're going to do when they do game plan preparation and they actually start analyzing the opposing team, they'll be able to focus a little bit more heavily on their aspect of what they're looking for in the defense so obviously the passing game coordinator is going to see how do I attack the secondary and the run game coordinator is going to figure out what's the weakness in the front seven so with that said those roles are going to be kind of divvied up between them and then we promoted uh, one of our uh, graduate assistants up to be the quarterbacks coach um, I, he was a former uh, quarterback for Oklahoma under Heupel what was his name Hazel, Coach Hazel. Yeah. I, I, I think it's Hazel, something like that. I, I know he was a quarterback at Oklahoma. He was the backup to Sam Bradford when they were making those national title runs in the late 2000s. Um, then he was a graduate assistant in Oklahoma, coached with uh, Hypo basically everywhere he's gone. So he's been with him at Utah State. He was with him at Missouri. He's here with him at UCF. So he's done a lot of traveling with Hypo. He's got a lot of experience. I'm really excited for the hire because he obviously knows his craft. He's been you know, coaching with one of the quarterback guru coaches in college football. So I would imagine he has some pretty good knowledge to instill in that quarterback room. 
Well, that's a good thing to see somebody move up through the ranks as well. Exactly. You know? it, gives, it gives a lot of people on the staff some confidence that when they stick with their head coach, they have the opportunity to move up. And when you're an offensive coordinator and you're not calling the plays, are you are you kind of selling out where like, where like if you ever get hired again, you got to kind of run the offense that the team that you were on was running? I mean, nobody's hiring you for new ideas. They're hiring you because – of what you were learning, like with that right, coach. right. Yeah. So it's like if you had a kind of a different philosophy, you're you're selling yourself that hey, I'm going to follow Heupel's philosophy 100 percent now, and maybe I'll change it a little bit when I get to the new school. But I'm not getting hired because of that. If if an offensive coordinator does get a head coaching position somewhere else, I just I thought about that. I just kind of thought it was weird. Yeah, it's definitely something that's slightly different when when your head coach is the is the play caller, and I imagine that. You know, first it's it's a page it's a pay jump because when you have the tag of coordinator, you're allowed to make more money. There's obviously caps of position coaches. Once you get to the coordinator ranks, it's like you know taking a management position. You're going to get more money in your salary. So the tag was a pay increase. He was brought in here because he we run similar offenses to an extent in terms of you know our spread and the way that we operate our run game to Iowa State. So he has concepts that we run as well that he's already familiar with with Matt Campbell, who's known as being one of the offensive like you know gurus in college football as well because he's run some really good offenses over the last decade. Um, <clears throat> so he has a lot of really good knowledge in that. And, and it's always good to not just stick to your one. You, you have to evolve. You have to change some concepts. You have to, you know, integrate what other people are doing that makes them successful. So your offense doesn't become too stale and it can't be read upon because obviously when you have years of film worth that a defensive coordinators can sit down and really study, not like, you know, certain defensive coordinators that wait until halftime to figure out what's going on with an <laughs> offense. But when you actually do film study, you know, you can easily catch up on tendencies of what an offense is going to do if you don't kind of change it, make, make it fresh. So bringing in a guy that's already been part of some great offensive staffs um, that has fresh ideas and can help, you know, evolve our offense was, is going to be awesome. And then obviously, you know, you had Coach Levy who come from that Art Bryles, you know, uh, spread air raid slash, you know, um, read option kind of attack that is very similar to what we ran is very similar to what Scott Frost ran. So, you know, you can have the same type of offense, but with their, you know, every team has their own wrinkles. So, you know, Levy comes in and he integrates some of those ideas with us and he's going to go up to Ole Miss and, you know, kind of combine that with what Lane Kiffin does. So you have the opportunity every time where you can take the best of what everyone does and kind of make it your own offense. So, you know, when you get an opportunity to be a play caller or to be a head coach, you kind of have the best of every world because you can scrap what didn't work at other schools that you didn't like. Right. All right. Well, the good thing about Golish too is he is known to be a recruiter, and uh, we we saw that recently with a tight end that he was talking to. Um, he has uh, talked to him now as a UCF coach. So there's mm -hmm. there's some potential that we may get a good tight end recruit next. next and then that kid's huge too. He's the number one tight end in North Carolina, and he was already offered by Iowa State as a junior. So he's gonna be he's going into his senior year, and he's part of the 2021 recruiting class so it's not like we're going to get to see him anytime soon but we, we, we i think we got three tight ends in this class anyway right with the big one being um uh, gabe davis's brother mm -hmm. so you know with that said i don't think we need a tight end yet but he's a huge body at six five 240 pounds you know as a as a high school junior when you're that big with right. room to continue growing in the weight room this summer and then next off season before he comes to ucf we could possibly get a really really good tight end prospect in that kid because like i said he's the number one tight end in north carolina which is a pretty decent football state so hopefully that'll pan out for us yeah and i'm sure he's developed a relationship with with coach Golish. so you know we'll we'll Continue to monitor that, and maybe we'll be seeing a good tight end next year as well. Um, you know, I want to switch news a little bit here. I saw an interesting thing on Twitter is we have now sold more license plates 
than the University of Miami. We have more active license plates out there driving around than the University of Miami. Is this the end of Miami in the quote unquote big three? That's a good question. It's uh, I think it's been the end of them for a little while now, personally, but. Surely a little sign um, that we're in the top three as far as license plates. You know, I, obviously Florida State and Florida have uh, quite a bit more license plates than <clears> us <throat> out there right now. But we're I'm pretty sure Florida is number one, and it's by like a fairly large margin too. Yeah, like they have a lot of license plates, like in like ninety thousand plus. And then FSU is like ten thousand below that, and then we're like at like thirty. So right. there's a substantial difference between us. And but you know that's the difference between having a program like FSU. I was looking at some crazy stats about them from the year like nineteen ninety until the mid two thousands when they started to start to taper off at the end of um, Bowden's like tenure. They had not been out of the top five in the nation for like fifteen years. Really? 15 straight years where you're never not a top five team. That's absolutely absurd. That's incredible. And uh, I don't know if you hear that beeping, but Roomba is going off and getting ready to vacuum the, the Boozos bar here. So I just turned off the Roomba. <laughs> Roomba's off. And now my dog is looking at me like, wow, this, this looks super exciting. You just jumped up. You son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> well, let's keep moving along with some other UCF news that may be... Uh, Patting the stats of us moving into the uh, the bigger tier here. Uh, UCF home attendance, thirteenth um, highest in the nation this year, and also the highest of any school in Florida. Um, you know, I think we were higher than twenty nine teams that are in the Power Six as well, as far Correct. as our percentage. So, yeah, and, and that, that just uh, just for the haters that are going to immediately come out and be like, "Oh, that's impossible!" Your CD, your you have a high school stadium that seats forty six. It's based on percentage of attendance, so it's the allotment of tickets that can be sold versus how many people show up. So we're thirteenth in the nation by the percentage of people that actually attend the home games, which is pretty huge. Yeah, like, I think we're at like ninety eight percent or something like that, and we were only and we were behind like you know the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, like Alabama, the big boys. We were we were higher than LSU. Which right. blew my mind. Now LSU also has a one hundred and ten thousand person stadium. It's really hard. I mean, they're almost four times our size, which is absurd to think about. That that's like bigger than most cities in the state of Florida. Um, but you know, yeah, that's it's an awesome marquee number when we can say we have a higher home attendance percentage and even UF, which is awesome, especially since they hate us the most. <laughs> and maybe uh, maybe that's a stat that I'm sure Danny White's looking at and thinking about expansion of the stadium of course absolutely um, as long as we can keep getting a high percentage there they're gonna they're gonna keep growing and uh ucf's gonna keep growing and keep becoming a household name so that's that's great news for us um some other news here we've got three athletes that were named to the phil steel all-american honorable mention yep and uh you know no surprise gabe davis is one of those guys um the other one being uh, Nate Evans, who's, mm-hmm. who's leaving us as well. But the other one's kind of a surprise. Otis Anderson. Yeah. I was kind of, th- I, I was too. Um, I would have thought that maybe, I, I don't know if Phil Steele put out a freshman All-American team. I would have expected, you know, whether it's the quarterback from North Carolina or our quarterback to have been on that list. But Otis Anderson being on that list is awesome. And it's, it's just a tribute to how skilled he is as a player and everything he brings to the table because he is the ultimate offensive weapon by far. Like he, he can do anything. For yeah. And if you remember last year, I don't think we utilized him as much as we could have. No, we didn't. Uh, he unfortunately. was kind of, he seemed to be depressed during the years that he wasn't getting as many touches or he didn't have as big of a role, but you know, I'm, I'm glad he kind of got over that and, and stuck around. We found a great position for him and got him on the field a lot. And he had a heck of a year. This he year. really did. He, he's, he's going to have a breakout next year. Well, knowing all that stuff, uh, season tickets 
are being sold. Uh, you've got till what is that? January fourteenth. Yep, Tuesday the fourteenth. And uh, after Tuesday the fourteenth, you can't renew your tickets. Like you're you're done. You're you're, you're out. And so then it will fall to the wait list. I think what they'll end up doing first is they're going to give everybody who already owns season tickets the opportunity to upgrade. And then whatever's left over will fall to the wait list of the 3,000 plus people currently waiting for tickets. All right. So get your uh, your ticket purchases in if you're going to do them. And if you're going to renew, you got limited time to do it. So, um, you know, another thing I wanted to mention real quick is there has been some, some news as far as the coaching carousel. Uh, Matt Rule went to the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be a pro football coach, so no longer the coach of Baylor. Yeah, good for him, though. He's a good football coach. He did great things at Temple. He took a horrible situation at Baylor that was, you know, in the midst of that scandal with Art Bryles and the whole, you know, sexual harassment stuff. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. The fact that he was able to take a program that had like nothing. I think they had, they were docked like 30 scholarships for the four year period he was there. So having to like do what he did to get to the big 12 championship and compete at a national level and be a ranked team while at such an un, like a disadvantage is pretty amazing. So good for him, and that, that's a great opportunity for him. But as you're about to say, yeah, I leads mean, to, it leads to things. It leads to things like Baylor's got an opening now. So who are they looking for as a coach? Um, Heupel has had a, a good record these last two years. He's uh, one of the hot coaches right now. I don't know if he's the guy for them, but I'm sure he's somebody that they're looking at. Um, we still do have that ten million dollar buyout, which is a big thing that helps to hold. Heupel in, in the seat that he's in, but for a program like Baylor that just probably received a huge buyout for Rule, um, they've probably got the money to throw around, and considering they've expanded that stadium, and Texas mm-hmm. just always has a lot of money. Yeah, Texas is definitely the football state when it comes to money. They're have they they're all about oil, and they're all about football, So, and, and I don't know what uh, Rule's buyout was, so I don't know how much money they just pocketed, but they do have the ability to get who they want. I know that a lot of people were saying... The biggest problem with FSU, because apparently Hypo was on FSU's radar. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Uh, but the biggest thing is that they had to buy out Taggart's contract, which cost them tens of millions. And then to then buy out Hypo and then pay Hypo would have been nigh impossible, even for a program as prestigious as FSU. So that's why he wasn't really right. you know, much of a candidate for their program. However, you know, Baylor is definitely a, a possibility. But personally, I don't think that I don't think it's going to fit his bill. Is what he's. I think if he's going to go to the next school, it's going to be very similar to Frost. I think he knows that we're, you know, obviously we could be a perennial top twenty-five contender. We're obviously the best, um, or one of the best teams in the group of five. I think we were the best team in the group of five this year, even though our record doesn't show it. I think that we had some stumbles and that not just out of contention. I still think we're the most talented team in the group of five. So when you combine those things, it makes it really hard to want to leave, especially with the resources that he's going to be getting, you know, the bump in money that we're getting from the new TV contract and all the marketing that's happening. And UCF's just going to continue to get more money from donors. It's going to allow him to operate at a higher level. So why would you leave to anywhere except for maybe a Oklahoma, which I think that's going to be the biggest like talk forever, just especially in the UCF fan base with Scott Frost leaving and going to his home of Nebraska, you know, Hypo won a national title with Oklahoma was a Heisman trophy contender. That would be if Lincoln Riley eventually leaves to go to the NFL. That's going to be where he ends up. Okay. Well, you know, UCF has been uh, two for two on their last two head coaching hires. And 
In a way, George Leary was a great hire as well for what he did for the oh, he for was. The school. I, I, he gets a lot of crap because he was an old crotchety man that hated everybody and hated everything, and he was so angry. And I know, and, and we had those up and down years. Yeah, and, I, and I didn't like him either. Yeah, exactly. We were, we were talking about the other day how like every year we were either four and eight or ten and three. Like there was no middle ground. It was you. Were, we had a double digit win or we we're back to four, and it was every other year for a long time. But you know, he righted the ship. He got a stadium built on campus. He, he was a big player in getting the arena built. He did a lot of great things for our school. He got us our first BCS Bowl, and we were the biggest underdog in BCS Bowl history, and we won. So he did, he put he made us a, he made us nationally recognized. Now I think that Danny White and the coaches that have followed have made us nationally renowned, which is different. But he definitely started the ship, and I I, I think there's a reason why his statue's outside. Whether you want to make the arguments of all the bad reasons why he shouldn't be there, you know, he definitely jump started our program because we were on a decline. You know, we had. When when uh, Coach Krusek was fired, there was a reason why he was fired. It was right. because we underperformed and we were, and then we had the winless season. So, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think UCF fans are a little spoiled, or at least newer UCF fans are spoiled because we've had such such success with the last two coaches. We think, oh well, you know, Hypel's lost three games. Maybe we should get another head coach. It's not I, how this works. <laughs> that's, that's crap. I mean, we've been very lucky to have two head coaches that have had big-time winning seasons. I mean, look at other schools. Look at FSU and the problems they've just gone through. Mm-hmm. Look at uh, Florida for years was, couldn't find a head coach that could, could live up to the hype. I mean, they finally have a guy, I think, that is putting them on the right track. But, yeah, Dan Mullen's a great coach. Yeah, but they – I mean, they went through Zook and, and – uh, Yeah, Zook before they got Urban Meyer. Oh, I guess that was before yeah, Meyer. But, but, but it was Zook before Urban Meyer. for sure. And then, they, and then they hired the guy from Colorado State, um, whose name I'm – oh, no, no, before him even was the guy from – South Carolina. Yeah, he's the South uh, – Car- oh, my God. Why uh, is his name slipping my mind? It's going to come back to me in a minute. Okay. You you can Google it while, while we're talking about this. But, you know, they had a miss. Will Muschamp. Muschamp. Yeah, Muschamp right, was yeah. after Meyer. And then they hired McIlwain after Muschamp. Yeah. And both those. And McIlwain had a 9 or 10 win season his first year. But then went then slumped and went down to like 7 and 6 wins. And then, you know, it's, they, they had their bumps. FSU's, I think, had the biggest bump in the road of those two schools. You know, having the last three years, I think they've had 7 or less wins. Yeah. So they're, they've and Miami's been... been I don't even want to talk. Listen, I don't want to talk about Miami because Miami fans don't deserve us to talk about Miami. They're the most self-righteous, pompous of, and I think Florida fans can be self-righteous and pompous, but they can at least back it up with productive seasons. Even in their down years, they have like they're still a winning season. I don't think Florida's had a losing season on a hot second, and if they have, it's only one of like twenty, you know, in, in the last like twenty years. So Florida is at least consistently good. FSU, like I just said, had a run where they were one of the best teams in the nation for a decade and a half. They have the right to, like, you know, put their nose up. And Miami, yes, Miami was great for a very long time. They had a lull in the mid-90s, and then they've, been, they've had a lull since 2001. You're talking 18 years where they've been nationally unrelevant, where they haven't been a threat for anything unfortunately to them. And that's sad because I really liked all the Miami teams from back in there. I, I love the, the two 30 for 30 documentaries about the U. They're phenomenal. I love them. Oh, yeah. They're, it's, it's one of the fun things to talk about and watch. And, and I wish they'd be great again, but they're not. And they haven't been in forever, but they still talk crap like they are. And it's kind of really obnoxious. Like, I, I understand that if we go back to irrelevancy and we're just an eight-win team from here on out in a group of five conference, I'm not going to talk crap about Florida or FSU, but we're not that right now, so I'm allowed to. And with that said, Miami hasn't been that way in a long time, so they can just shut their traps. Well, then we won't waste any more air on Miami. Um, let's talk about some other AAC football news. Uh, this was a big stat that came out in the SRS. 
the AAC is number five among all the conferences. So that is above the ACC, mm-hmm. which uh, will probably only have one ranked team at the end of the year. I mean, they've got one more game to go. Mm-hmm. Um, which even if Clemson loses, they're not going to drop it at the top 25. So right, they'll right. remain a top three team in the nation. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, Virginia was 25. They lost to Florida. But there's, so there's a chance Virginia drops out. Yeah, they should drop out. And if they do drop out... You know, there's the argument that they might keep them there for that reason of the ACC being that those are all like, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff. But, you know, if they do drop out, which they should, that would leave one ranked team in all of the ACC with the AAC having currently three ranked and possibly if things play into our favor and we are able to jump some of those schools that are going to drop out of the top 25. Because the best thing that could have happened to us at the end of the season is four of the top 25 teams in like that 20 to 25 range lose. And that happened. So UCF has the opportunity after smashing the crap out of Marshall and kind of hovering in that 30 to 26 range for, you know, the last couple of weeks where we're not that far back, but we're not, you know, we're not that close. We could make a jump and we, maybe we end up the season at number 25 or something, which well, would that, be, that'd give us four teams in the American. That oh, are that would be huge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got the coaches poll and the AP poll. Of course, the AP poll is a little more prestigious. So we'd love to be ranked top 25 at the end of the year in there. But, you know, it's on the fence, like you said. Um, but. I mean, being top four conferences in the SRS, I mean, we would probably need, Cle- well, I don't know if we need Clemson to lose, but if Clemson lost to LSU, it would guarantee it. would it. solidify it, you yeah. know, that we are the top, you know, in the top four conferences. So. Top five. Top, top five, five, excuse yeah. me, top five conferences. With that said, you can officially say that we would be technically considered a power conference this year. So that goes back to the talk of why, why are we considered to be part of the group of five if the American is obviously consistently playing better football than the ACC, which, you know, depending on who you want to talk to, and it's mostly SEC fans that say that basically every other conference is a joke, except for maybe the Big Ten. But, you know, no one wants to put the Pac... You know, no one talks that great about the Pac-12. Right. No one talks that great about the Big the, the Big 12. No one talks that great about the ACC. But they're still considered a quote-unquote power conference. I don't understand that logic. I kind of just try to put it out, but... Well, we'll see what happens. Um, other news, uh, Tua, he's taken off. He is going to the NFL. He did his official decision mm-hmm. the other day. He had he had kind of like a LeBron, like uh, when LeBron was making his decision to go to Miami, he had his own little press conference. I mean, good for him. He's going to be hopefully a first-round pick. I hope that works out for him. I think he made the right decision. Worst case, worst case scenario, he goes back to Alabama trying to solidify himself to be the second quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence because he's not surpassing Trevor Lawrence, period. Right. Trevor Lawrence, he is the prototypical first overall pick for an NFL kid. 6'6", 240 pounds, rocket arm. Probably going to run a 4'440". Tua can't do those things. Yeah. Um, but with that said, you know, he, if he gets hurt again, you're talking possible career-ending injury. You know, he never got that NFL payday. He's still probably going to grade out as a first-round quarterback, so we'll see. It's just And Jake Fromm declared as well, because I think Jake Fromm saw the writing of if he tried to stay for his senior year, he's competing with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, yep. um, and who, there, there's another big name for that quarterback class that I can't think of. Um, yeah. Fields and Lawrence were the two. Th- those are the two marquee players. They were the two highest-ever rated quarterbacks coming out, or players coming mm-hmm. out of high school. So, so you, you, two phenomenal prospects that are going to be in the 2021 draft. Um, and instead, Fromm's going to compete with Justin Herbert, who has some attention. He's had attention for the last few years, but I don't think he's as, you know, sought after as, you know, a Tua or a, or a Lawrence or a Field. So I think Tua put himself in a good position where the only thing that's going to negatively affect him is the injury and how he comes back 
Um, and if he can get back to a hundred percent, you know, I, I don't think he'll make it to his pro day. Unfortunately, I don't even think he'll be able to do anything at the NFL combine. So we'll see how that plays out for him in the draft process, but good for him. You know, he's Joe, Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow is going number one overall and that's that. Okay. So yeah, um, two, th- go ahead. There's one thing I just want to mention about the, uh, the two, uh, uh, going to the NFL, somebody had posted, I guess it was Paul Feinbaum posted, uh, you know, after three years at Alabama, Tua Tungavailoa is leaving for the NFL. What is your three-word reaction oh, to the, the news? This tweet, this is a good one. And uh, Clemson Tom, uh, his his three-word reaction was taking a pay cut, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. It is hilarious <laughs> because it's it's 100% accurate. Yeah. If you would go, I, I know last show we were talking about like you know the facilities of certain schools, specifically SEC schools. If you would see what Alabama has, holy crap, dude. They have a barber shop for their for specifically just the football players that's in their player lounge. The yeah. player lounge has like this one massive TV thing that's made up of I think it's either twelve or sixteen like fifty five inch screens to make one massive screen that can be split in like all the different configurations. So you can have like four things going, you can have sixteen things going, whatever it might be. Um, they have these big like chests of just Gatorade and sweets and stuff like that that just sit out the players lounge are just open all day. People just walk over and. People don't think about that. They're like, oh, why is that a big deal? Imagine at any given time, any time you want, you can just walk over and take a Gatorade. It never costs you a dime, ever. Right. How expensive that is? If I were to go through my bank account and see how much money I've spent on Gatorade in the last year, it'd probably pay for someone's college tuition. So it's crazy. <laughs> They've um, got cash. Other news in college football, the national title game is on Monday. Um, it's going to be at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know Clemson and LSU are the two teams playing. I believe LSU is favored. I'm not sure by how much. Did you see their hype video? No, I go on. Oh my, LSU by a thousand. That hype video had me I, legit. Like last night, like it was maybe almost twelve. My wife is asleep, and I'm laying in bed, and I watch that thing, and I like start fist pumping. I was like so freaking ready to run through a wall. That thing got me pumped. Yeah. So yeah, LSU by a thousand. If LSU, I haven't looked at the the spread, but if it's less, if it's less than ten. Or if it's eh, about 10, I would take it. I would definitely put some money on LSU to win. I think they may they may blow out Clemson. But again, last year, we all thought Alabama and Clemson would be a good game. And Clemson pounded Alabama. So I guess you can never really tell until you're in the game. But LSU looks like they are, are hitting on all marks right now mm-hmm. and ready to take a national championship. So that's, uh, that's football news we have. Let's talk some UCF men's basketball. Um, woof. Yeah. I'm not, sorry. Not real woof. good news. Um, I think the last time we talked, they had just recently lost to Houston and we're yeah. 0 2 in the AAC. And, uh, you know, we just dropped one to SMU the other night. Now we're 0 3 and we're in last place in the AAC. Oh, man. And, you know, <laughs> me and you have discussed this before. Like, we keep it competitive on all these we games, do. but we have. We took the lead on SMU like two or three times. And we haven't pulled it off yet. We no. haven't. We have, we, we have this habit of going on like an eight point streak and then we give them like a 16 point streak. And you just have, you're just clawing your way out of a hole every time. And that comes with it. We do have a very inexperienced squad, if you think about it. I mean, we have like, what, two seniors? With yeah. uh, Dayton and Ingram. Yeah, I think those are our seniors. We've, we're playing starting and, and playing heavily two freshmen with um, Fuller and Green Jr. So, you know, Colin Smith is just a junior. Dayson Diggs is a junior. Not Dayson, I'm sorry. Uh, Diggs is a junior. And who else do we have? We've got a lot of, like, really young players in town. We have that one kid, but we don't have depth, like, at the, at the center position because that one kid that transferred in didn't make his grades and he's gone. So, you know. Is Burt's a junior as well? No, actually, Burt's is a senior. He is, but he, his okay, his playing his playing time has dropped off significantly. He isn't playing as much as he really? was last year. Well, 
his minutes have dropped. I don't know. I mean, it could be maybe it could be the rise of you know Green and Fuller, and you got to think about your future. You know, as a as a head coach, you might have a great senior, but you don't owe the kids anything as a coach because the moment you start playing favorites like that, if, if Green and Fuller are the better two players, you play them. Oh yeah. I mean, and, and Burch is a great three pointer. He's arguably our best shooter by far in terms of precision, but. Yeah, well, he's been dropping off. We're nine and six overall now. Um, like we said, we're zero and three in the American. Uh, we do have a game tomorrow against Cincinnati, which should be mm. a big game. Um, it's going to start at noon. You know, maybe we can get back on track here. Cincinnati's always been a good program. They've they've still got a, a really good player over there. I can't remember the guy's name, but oh, they have a um, lot of really good players. They're, yeah. Like you said, they're. I wouldn't say perennially, per- perennially, but they, I mean, maybe you could use that term. They're always relevant in college basketball right. they're they're really good programs so it's on my birthday i mean <laughs> if i can ask for a birthday wish for ucf basketball i'm gonna go to that game please don't ruin my birthday yeah don't get at least i like, keep it close like if we're gonna lose make it like by one so i can be like oh that's sad but we were close with cincinnati like if we get blown out i'm gonna leave like halfway through the second half and be like this is bullcrap so yeah well, do it I, for my do it for my birthday. I think when I was looking at the schedule, our tougher games are front loaded, so we should at mm-hmm. some point start getting into some games that we should have a better shot in. Um, but to to get one of these games coming up would be really nice, especially the Cincinnati one. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a look real quick because as you, as you mentioned it, you're right because we have Tulane next after Cincinnati, so we have Tulane, then USF, Wichita State, who's ranked in the top 25 right now. So right. you know. But we've played Wichita pretty well since they've joined our conference. So we have that. We got Memphis, who's top twenty-five, but no longer has the number one player in the nation, right. who's declared for the draft. And then we play South Florida again, East Carolina, Tulsa. So we kind of have this trend where we're going to play quite a few of these teams, you know, multiple times. Uh, I think the only one that we're not playing twice is Connecticut. We don't play Houston again, but we have another one against SMU. We got two against East Carolina. We have two against Tulsa, two against Tulane two against USF. Those are games that are winnable. I mean, if you pull those games off where you beat those, both of them, like you sweep each of those series, you're talking right there, six to eight to maybe even nine wins in the conference, which is the most we can ask for this squad right now. And I don't, you know, I haven't followed college basketball very closely over the years is if, if someone wins the American, is that an automatic bid to the, uh, um, I don't believe so. I, 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 I wish I, I wish I can say, cause I used to actually know kind of how, you know, college basketball worked in terms of like, you know, how they do their seating. I don't think conference is an auto, or maybe conference is an automatic qualifier. And then I, I know RPI, which has to do with like your schedule and your strength right. and your performance. That's a big factor. But I think that might come from everything after the conference because there, there are what 64 spots. Right. And there's less than 64 conference, you know, winners. So yeah, um, there's, I, I think that's probably accurate. If the winner of the American goes and you know, it, the Americans a fairly deep basketball conference. I mean, you're talking Cincinnati will definitely be, I think, a tournament team. Memphis is usually a tournament team. Wichita has been a tournament team, you know, over the last 10 years. So that's three from our conference alone. Houston has made it, you know, recently in the last five. Um, you know, we could definitely compete. Yeah. If, if we compete with them, I think we can definitely compete on a national level. We proved that. We, I mean, we Oklahoma's a pretty good basketball squad. We lost them by one at Oklahoma. I, I thought we were going to – I personally, I thought we were going to win that game. So – We'll yeah. see how that plays I out. I just don't think our, our rating at the end of the year will be high enough to get into that tournament. Probably not. I was just wondering if there was an outside shot if we just had a couple really good days of playing and we could win the American well, if we're, tournament. Well, if, if we're analyzing, if we yeah, if we win the American tournament, because we also have to remember basketball is slightly different than football 
because basketball, you know, the regular season champion isn't always the conference winner because after you finish the regular season, you have a conference tournament. Right, right, right. And that determines the conference That's what title I mean, winner. That's tournament. Yeah, we so if, if we're looking at this on, on where we can end up at the end of the year, we play Cincinnati twice, and we have Tulane twice, South Florida twice, Wichita twice, Memphis once, East Carolina twice. We have to split with, we have to split with Cincinnati. We probably have to beat SMU on the back end, which we played in the second to last game of the year in March. Um, we're definitely have to beat them then because they're going to be towards the top three or four in our conference as well. We're going to have to sweep the likes of East Carolina, Tulsa, and Tulane, and then you know hopefully we we sweep USF as well. I think the USF is playing decent basketball. I think they might be competitive with us. I mean, it's also a rivalry game, so yeah. you know maybe we split the series with them. But we're going to definitely need to pick up those you know mid to low end conference wins for sure. And split with Cincinnati and Wichita if we even want a fighting chance of having a decent seed in the ti- in the tournament, and then even at that point giving us enough of an RPI to actually make the actual NCAA tournament, which right now we're nowhere even close to the thought of. So you know we have to finish the season a lot better than we're starting it. That's for sure. That is for sure. Uh, one other note here: Matt Milan, who is uh, transferred to the team this year, he just scored his thousandth point. Uh, as a UCF Knight, so uh, congratulations, congratulations to Matt. To That's awesome. I know he's one of your big guys. So he is, I'm, and I'm I'm still hoping for him to have a couple breakout games. He did score ten here recently, which was better than he had been scoring. So mm-hmm. if he can keep picking that up, we'll see if he can turn into some of his highlight reels at some point. Um, the other thing, and I know you're excited about it, is the space game coming up on February oh, yeah. 9th. Yes, I had no clue they were going to do this. I was on Twitter and I saw the uh, it's looks exactly like how we revealed like the the uh, football ones with just like the space uniform like in the numbers and i was like holy cow this is amazing so and this is the first time that the basketball team's ever done anything like this Mm -hmm. so that should be pretty fun it's gonna be interesting i mean obviously you don't have things as cool as the helmet so i'm wondering what else they can do to really like kind of hype that up for the what they're gonna do in the arena i wonder if they'll have some shoes oh that would be cool yeah okay if if we could get some shoes and i imagine shoes would have to cost less at auction than something like a helmet yeah if they did something like that i don't know that'd be cool as heck i'd buy some space shoes yeah because you can wear that a lot more than a helmet like i can't take the helmet to Publix, but i can put on some space shoes and with nike all the customization you can do with with Mm -hmm. shoes i'm sure they could easily get that done oh yeah um so you know what what game is that february 9th oh let me take a look real quick because that's a good question because the february 9th is going to be uh at home versus tulsa all right so we need to have some sellouts here at home, keep the UCF men's basketball team rolling, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully get some, some wins in the conference here. We still have a great winning record, but we're, uh, we're hoping for the best for them. And like I said, we both have season tickets and, yep. and we'll be there. Yeah. So if you decide to come tomorrow, we're, we're located in section 102. Is that it? We're behind. Are, are we 102? We're 101. We're, we're we're behind the, the we're behind the post of the home side. Correct. So like we can we, like we we overlook the bench, and for the most part, the games are fairly empty. So like we kind of just neander down and sit or, sit wherever like there's a little bit of room and get good seats. I imagine tomorrow with Cincinnati, like usually Cincinnati games are pretty, you know, yeah. pretty packed. And I wouldn't say packed, but they're they're definitely the conference more. games are definitely gonna have a lot more. people Exactly. There, so. so I imagine we'll have a lot of we'll have some good home attendance for them. For Memphis is the home game. For, uh, it's the only time we play them this year, so we have them at home. Um, so that'll be pretty cool. Unfortunately, we're at Connecticut, which I mean, Connecticut's not having that great of a year, but you know that's always a pretty fun game. So and it's one of the last times we'll play them, maybe too, because they're out of the conference next year, right? Yeah, I mean, I we still have ties with them. I know in football that we've agreed to terms to play them a couple more times. Um, 
because it's going to just be like we're paying them a lot of money. It's going to benefit their program to keep playing us. And we already have, you know, the civil conflict. Did you see that post that Big Cat posted about uh, someone finding the trophy? Yeah, finding the trophy, like making like, a slew thing. I thought was pretty funny. We'll see. Um, let's keep it going with basketball here. The other uh, the pro team in Orlando, Orlando Magic, have uh, been on a tear recently and put themselves yeah. in the seventh position in the conference with some of the wins they've had. Mm-hmm. I think we went four and one in our last five. After we dropped one to the Bucks and we dropped another one to the Hawks, which the Hawks is the one that pissed me off because we they didn't have Trey Young, and you know they're not a great team in the East. So uh, then we pick it back up, go four, go four and one, and we have two winnable games: one tonight versus the Suns, and then Monday versus the Kings. So if we win those two games, we'll actually get ourselves back to five hundred. We'll be twenty and twenty, and then we're going to have a two-game stint in LA where we play back to back the Lakers and Clippers. So, you know, Anthony Davis, if, you don't, if you're not following NBA, he got hurt. He hurt his lower back on, uh, I think, I don't, remember, I don't remember if it was a block or if it was a layup, but he just landed awkwardly on his, on his lower back. So he might be out for an extended period because they're going to be very careful with him. Um, so really the only people we have to worry about in L.A. is LeBron and Kuzma is a really good player. So there's that. LeBron can carry any team, yeah, though, so exactly. I'm not sure. We, we only, only got to worry, about, worry about the greatest player of all time outside of Jordan. <laughs> and then uh, we play the Clippers. So yeah. um, and, and, the Clipper, and they're very tough. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is is a stud. I mean, he gave us fits when he was playing with the Raptors. Yeah. So, um, that'll be a tough little, uh, oh man, string that, there. That but. actually just brought back a little PTSD thinking about those playoff games where Kawhi was just like yeah. 39 points, 12 rebounds, 17 assists. And you're like, Oh my God, how do you stop that man? He was a monster. Well, we did crush Washington the other night, 123 oh to 89. I mean, that is just an ass kicking there. It really was. It was. If did you watch the game itself? I didn't. Well, I kind of did. I was at I was at Ale House, and I was. <laughs> little side note here is they have a, a wing challenge, I guess, and uh, <laughs> I, I I was hungry, and I ordered way too many of the hottest wings they have, but they they are delicious and they're good. And wasn't a challenge, but I I ate a lot more than I was supposed to for a challenge, but. Beside the point, I, I was watching so, them like, a little you, bit. If you eat more on. than what you're supposed to for the challenge, do they like pay you? I don't know. I got to find out what the actual challenge is. It's just when I ordered it, I said, give me the hottest wings you have. And they said, well, we'll give you the second hottest and I'll give you a side of the other one. I'm like, no, I said what I said. And they're like, well, it's a challenge that if you eat five of them, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I want 20. And so <laughs> that's how that went down. Um, I ate 15 of them. I took five of them home and I've eaten those since. But uh, they're, they're good. They're hot, but they're good. Yeah, so. no, yeah, you can do that. You can keep doing that. Whenever anyway, I, my I point got, was I was kind of watching the game. I wasn't really focused on it. No, the game was like, it was pretty good. We, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, DJ Augustine had a great game. He looked phenomenal. Vucevic, I believe, had 29 points. He looked dominant. Um, Fournay had I hit some amazing threes, like in clutch moments. Actually, one of my favorite plays, actually, DJ was, he, he was dribbling. He goes around the right side of the arc and he's kind of trapped in the corner and does like a one-step pivot at the furthest corner of the three and very very hard shot for a righty by the way because when you're on the right side of the arc and you're shooting right it's obviously closest towards the uh, backboard right so you have a chance of hitting the backboard on the side so he's fading away and nails a beautiful long three from that from like the furthest corner where his toe could like if he's an inch off he's out of bounds and and nailed it which uh, which put the lead at that point i think at like nine points so um, he, he had a great game and, and I was definitely overcritical on him a couple of times in that game. I was yelling as I'm trying to eat because, uh, he, he missed like three free throws on a, on a three point like foul that he had. And I was pissed as crap because at that point the game was actually kind of close. Like the, the Washington pulled it in and then they started committing a lot of fouls, had uh, one of their better players fouled out and 
we just straight smashed them. It was, oh, an, it, was it was a, it was a great game. Well, the other uh, player I wanted to mention, my favorite player. I just recently got a jersey with the uh, the orange throwback, or not yeah, throwback, I'm, but I'm the jealous. alternates. I'm jealous. Oh, you have a Fultz jersey in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I almost wore it today since I knew you were wearing your hat. I just wanted to have it on Damn, for the show, but I didn't I want that. That's I didn't fire. put it on. Anyway, he had a career high the other day: twenty-five points versus the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he is like in his rookie season. I know he's been in the league for a couple years now. He was the number one pick in 2017, but he's been riddled with injuries. He didn't play really at all last year. And he's starting to come into the fold here, and he is playing excellent. He's he just is. getting better and better. We have him for this year and next year, and you better sign him. You find a way to keep that man. Yeah. Because he can be a cornerstone of this. I mean, if you look at the players that we have, we still have a really young team. The, I, I'm pretty sure that the two oldest players are Vooch and Fournier, and they're both what? And they're like like 29, 30 range? Right. Aaron Gordon is in his mid-20s. Jonathan Isaac, I think, is like 22. Yeah, uh, the, but, and those two, Bamba is like twenty twenty one. But like you mentioned, right now we have one of the highest. We uh, do have roles, and so. a big reason why is because of the the, the the two aforementioned I just said in the beginning. You know, we those are two big free agents, and that's what happens for any team, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. When you have a free agent that's not on your team and you can't extend them and work contracts with them like that, then the payroll jumps because you have to pay them more than their market value usually to bring them to a team like the Magic because they're looking for big contracts in L.A. or New York. They're not looking to come to a small market team like us. So you, sometimes you got to overpay those guys. And we paid. We, I think we overpaid a little bit to keep Fuchi in Orlando, but he's a great player. He was an all-star last year. So, um, And the luxury tax, the way they, the way they have the cap structured now uh, definitely helps us. So even though we have a massive cap number, I think it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll manage it. We'll be okay. Yeah. We, I think we'll be able to keep Fultz in two years. It means we're probably going to have to lose one of those two. But I'm okay with that if we keep Fultz because yeah. he's just awesome. We'll probably make some changes throughout the year. I mean, I really like our team. I like... The chemistry that we have but as it is with any team every year you kind of see some additions mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes um let's mention some other things here ucf women's tennis this is nothing that i've ever discussed in any form but uh top tw- number 13 in the nation right 13 13 in the nation that's pretty awesome that's big for ucf sports it is no i love talking i mean obviously I'm, I'm not a tennis fan at all and i'm like there's a lot of sports that i i when we do research for our podcast, I try to see what other sports are doing. And it's hard to find news on them because, you know, they don't put out lots of stuff about golf and tennis. And, you know, we don't even have like a wrestling. We have a club wrestling team, which you, I know you're a part of. And right. there's unfortunately, unless you're baseball, basketball, football, like there's not a lot of marketing and news for you. Yeah. And so having to hunt down information about that is pretty awesome to see that, you know, obviously we've been very successful in women's soccer, been super successful in men's soccer this year. Our golf team is, I believe, a top 25 golf team. And now we have a top, almost a top 10 tennis team. That's amazing. Very cool. The other big sport that's coming up that you mentioned was baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting news there. We're not in the preseason top 25. No. And I was, I don't want to say I'm surprised because when I did a little bit further research, like baseball is definitely one of those sports that one, what is going on, I'm very much like, you know, watching and paying attention, but I really don't follow it closely like outside like like outside of football like in the off season for football i pay attention off season for basketball i pay attention but baseball is not one and in 2017 i know we were ranked top 25 for a majority of the season and we dropped out after the tournament and in 2018 we were on it we were in and out 2019 we were in for like two or three weeks and then dropped out and obviously like so we've been very close to the cusp and this is just another year where it looks like we're going to be on the outside looking in um and we have some talented players we can be a very competitive team we've been averaging like i think between 32 and like, I think one year, two or three years, we had 40 wins. So 
you know, we've been a very productive basketball, a very productive baseball team over the last four or five years. And we'll see if we can get them on, you know, I don't know how the season's going to play out, but you know, we've been playing in home. We've played very well against FSU and UF who are both, I believe top five team, not top, top, I'm sorry, top 10 teams in baseball this year. So, and Miami is a top 15 team and we have all of them on our schedule. So, so we definitely have a shot to get back in there. Oh, absolutely. We just have to, you know, we just have to be competitive and, you know, stay, stay the course. We, we dropped some games we should have won last year when I was, when I was paying attention. And then when we didn't have a chance of, you know, advancing in our own conference, let alone going to, um, you know, Omaha or anything like that and playing as part of the college baseball world series, I kind of lost interest, but, um, that definitely can be a competitive squad. I looked at the roster and they're, they're very talented. So well, good for that. That's uh that's going to kind of wrap up what we have about sports, but we do like to talk about some other things with Orlando as well that don't, necessarily focus on sports one of the uh segments we've done on the show before men about town where we discuss some of the gyms in orlando there's a lot of places to eat or to go do things in orlando and we like to mention a good one when we find one that maybe is a little under the radar um the one i want to mention this week is arcade monsters in oviedo um, not too far from ucf it is on alfea in that same little plaza with froggers and Publix. um but it it you know uh, People are familiar with barcades and how they work, and you go in and you drink and you can play games. Um, this one is not downtown like joysticks, but this one, uh, all the games work. They have many old school games. They have a lot of new games. Um, it's a pretty big area. They've got the virtual reality stuff going on. They've got you know Smash Brothers tournaments most of the time. They've got the um, the uh, air hockey, and they've got that old hockey game. I don't remember what it's called. But I know what you're talking about, like where, like where it has like the long sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, everything's in working in order. I mean, yeah. everything is, is really nice. The coolest thing, I've been there several times, and the thing is, is they keep improving. And they've got uh, uh, pinball as well, but they keep improving the, the facility, whereas some come out and they kind of degrade as time goes on. Mm-hmm. These guys keep getting new stuff in. And if you go upstairs at Arcade Monsters... There is a section where all the virtual reality is. They have a ton of new arcade games up there that I couldn't tell you what they're called. I couldn't tell you anything about them because they're all like Japanese games, but I've never seen games like them in my life. Mm. I mean, I mean, think about how, like, when DDR Max came out, the Dance Dance Revolution, and how different that was as a video game. They have all that kind of stuff upstairs. The first game that I played... Um, I, I, you know, I don't even know how to use the controls. There was like multiple buttons and stuff. And I'm just like hitting buttons. I can't read Japanese, <laughs> but some of it was in English. And when the game came up, it was something like, um, you know, prepare your political apology. And I'm like, what? And it's a, it's a guy in front of a, a podium and he's like apologizing to a crowd. Like it's like some kind of president or something apologizing to a crowd. And you have to match the buttons up to, to make your apology more sincere. And I was just blowing my mind, the kind of stuff that's going on up there. Tons of, tons of things. If you get a chance, check out arcade monsters and uh, hopefully you will be as blown away as I was with some of the stuff that's going on there. So just to hype out a little bit on Arcade Monster, I have them pulled up on Google. 1,824 reviews, a perfect five-star rating. Wow. That's insane. I've never seen that before. Like, I was expecting, like, you know, 110 reviews, and they're like 4.9 because you get those three jackknobs that want to give a crappy review for no reason. Not one thing less than a five star. That's insane. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go check that out too because I remember you mentioned it a while ago and I didn't end up going. Um, speaking of virtual reality, my my wife for Christmas got me this really cool 
um, gift card for a virtual reality uh, event over in Disney Springs that we're going to today. Okay. And it's where it's it's a Star Wars game. It's, called, it's like thirty minutes, and you're like you're put into like the Star Wars world as like a t- stormtrooper, like undercover or something like that. I'm really excited. Yeah, for Yeah, it's it. like a happy birthday early present for you. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be amazing. And I've never done virtual reality before like that, which is uh, that's why I'm so super stoked. There's one I could I've never been able to find it again ever. I don't know if you would like this type of game, but it was at Dave and Buster's maybe ten years ago. And it was like a it was like a mech pod. So you got in this big pod, and when it shut you in, it looked like you were in a like a, like a cockpit of like a fighter jet. Like it had the joysticks, all these buttons that were completely. They all had like features and stuff that actually did something. And you were in like a battle royale robot mech fighting game where you fought the other ten people in the pods with you, and you were given like fifteen minutes, and you just like marched around in your in your like in your robot and like shot the other people, and it was one of the most fun experiences I ever had like in video games. I can't remember what it was called. I played Mech Warrior games growing up on the computer mm-hmm. with like a mouse and stuff, but being in like this virtual reality like pod with all of like the joysticks and stuff, yeah. and they give you a little helmet. That was ridiculous. So I'm definitely gonna go check that out because that sounds awesome, and that sounds like it's. I mean, I love. Joysticks downtown is a lot of fun. And yeah. have you ever been to Player One over a little bit more by like uh, the crossroads over by Disney? Yes. That's a pretty fun place too. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to go check that out. Um, the other place we were mentioning is Stasio's. That's going to be our, like, our food for men about town. And uh, if you haven't been there yet, they're located directly to the building next to Sideward Brewing. Um, I believe it's at the corner of Bumby and Robinson, I believe. Yep, um, it is. And uh, if you haven't been to Stasio's yet, Go there and have a good give yourself a good time for a lunch because it's amazing. You, it's I mean, Italian, right? It's an Italian okay. deli. Um, I actually didn't even realize, but they kind of have baked goods there as well. Like they sell like the little Italian rainbow cookies that you can get like in New York, but they're not very common here in Florida. It's usually like a New York deli kind of thing or New York bakery. Um, but they have a lot of really good baked goods. They have all the deli meats. They have great pastrami. I had a chicken parm sandwich that was off the chain the other day. It's really really good place. Very well priced too. Like my chicken parm sandwich, I think was like eight bucks, and it was like 14 inches long. So it kept me full for at least 12 hours, which is very unusual for food for me. So I uh, highly recommend them any kind of, if you're looking for anything Italian related, anything deli related that you want a good buy, go check out Stasio's. Nice. Well, we got a couple of gyms there for you on men about town, arcade monsters and Stasio's. So check those out. Um, one other thing we want to mention before we wrap up the show here is our UCF Twitter mafia news. Um, if you haven't seen this on Twitter, Mike Bianchi, who is with the Orlando Sentinel, I think. Still? Yes, he's yeah. still with the Sentinel. He's, unfortunately, he's got a radio show. He he, you know, he writes lots of columns. Um, pretends to be a UCF fan, and he's done some good things for UCF. But I, deep down, he's a Gator. Um, you know, he came out with with a little column, or I guess a little radio tag that UCF should change their name to the University of Orlando, and uh, hmm. it's a straight troll job for clicks, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, makes no sense at all. UCF has national recognition now because of who they are. Everyone, you know, knows who UCF is because of their football program to change their name to the university of Orlando. Just, it seems like the most off the wall idea that anyone's come up with people. have Okay. So the argument was getting away from the directional school stigma, which I mean, you I guess you can kind of make that argument. They say directional schools aren't like, you know, good or or, or don't like aren't good for branding but a central is not considered a direction (laughs) i don't care what anyone says i mean you can say it's kind of like a direction so that's like the the false of it or the 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 negative of it but what about the university of southern california right i mean they're one of the biggest names in all of sports with that be it basketball baseball football 
you're going to say that USC should change their name because they have Southern in it. And also like Orlando, unfortunately to me, if you're talking about the university of Orlando, I think the connotation that's going to stem from that is going to be our hospitality business, which we do have a phenomenal hospitality school. The Rosen school of hospitality is one of the best in the nation by far. And they have amazing facilities. I dated a girl my freshman year of college who was taking schools, taking classes there. And I sat in classes with her just because I was bored one day. Classrooms are immaculate. The, the curriculum is really cool. They have like classes like where you learn about wine and cheese. Like that's pretty cool when you like your curriculum is I'm going to sit down and drink wine and eat cheese today. It's pretty badass. Um, but with that said, that's kind of what you, when, when you think Orlando, obviously us in Orlando don't think that way anymore because we've been here forever. But if I were to say, Todd, if you were an outsider and I said, tell me what you think when you hear the word Orlando, what's the first thing that's going to pop in your head? It's going to be Mickey Mouse. Exactly. Disney, Universal. So changing the school name to something like the University of Orlando, I think is going to change the connotation that that's all we are. Is where it's, it's going to be a university that's dedicated to that. Because I think that's what Orlando was has been built over the last five decades to be representing is the hospitality industry and theme parks. So I don't think you can really do that. Especially what you just said. The amount of money and effort that we put into national branding of the UCF name, of we're not the Golden Knights, we're the Knights, of we're not Central Florida, we're UCF. The declaration of being a national champion wasn't, obviously it was made because, A, we were awarded a national championship by national champion selectors, and the people that say that we weren't or that's stupid just don't understand how college football works. But with that said, you know, that was such great branding and put us to the forefront on everybody's mouth and mind. They'd be stupid to change your name now. You... You you owe no yeah because that's that's University of Oklahoma I wouldn't be able, no just get no. out of here Bianchi Bianchi's such a I, <laughs> I like I, some of the stuff he does but he's just he's such a troll he is like there was there was not any part of his run for the last two years with UCF that I felt was genuine it all came to me very snakeish and right for his own benefit it was uh, he was just getting clicks with you know how popular we were at that time and the moment we lost like a game or two he was immediately back to hating us so. Hate that man. It is what it is. Well, hey, you know what we should do? We should. This will never happen, but we should try to see if he'd ever do like a segment with us, and we just try to argue with him and talk to him. I'd love to do that. He he might do that. Hey, he's good on the mic. I'll give him his his props. I I think he's uh, well spoken and I'll, okay. I'll knows back. what he's doing. I'll but. also say this: what he did fighting Feinbaum for UCF yeah. and he was actually thinking about that. That is a big deal, and that did help us a lot. And he did stick up for us a lot in that regard. So, and, and none of that came off as like trolling in my eye to us. Like right. he was, he wasn't like saying it in a sarcastic way. It seemed like he was legitimately getting into it with Feinbaum. Like, no, you're wrong. You're an idiot, which Feinbaum is. So give him huge props for that. Like, I mean, thank you for that. But you know, there's, there's just been some articles that I read that I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> and it's just that one article that makes me feel that way, but whatever. Well, let's, uh, let's tag out here. We've got our, uh, our normal, uh, what is it? What do we call them? The we... Our shout outs, yeah. our self promotion shout outs. Yeah. Shout -outs. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Coach Buzos. You can follow Todd over at, at HauserTube. Um, follow our, our our Twitter account at, and also our Instagram account at, at Three Night Bender. And you can find us on Facebook where we post links to all of our social media accounts, all the fun things we do. Um, we're hopefully going to actually be dropping some cool stuff. So what I want to do over the next like couple months offer some cool promotions people that can enter um to get some like swag because i have you know aspirations of actually having some cool shirts printed and some you know fun like uh like drinkware stuff like you know you can get like a i wouldn't say yeti but like the, the knockoff brand of yeti will make like cool cups let's and stuff start like with that a koozie. Let's, let's maybe do, like, koozies a koozie i feel like that's cheap enough and and some people could uh rep our brand hey, with that. costco 
you'd be surprised. Costco's got some stuff. All right. All right. But yeah, you feel free to you know follow us at all those things. Um, give us a like. Give us a shout. Give us feedback. That's what we always want to do is we want to know how we're doing. So tell us that we suck. And we know the content's great, but the audio is not so much. But we are the best looking guys in radio. We're not going to show our picture anywhere, but just, well, without a doubt. just, just take trust our, us. Just take our word for it. <laughs> So thanks for joining us here on this Friday morning. We will see you again next week for Three Night Bender.